I'm thinking of a phrase that I'm sure, and we're going to talk about that phrase. Uh, I'm thinking of this phrase that I'm sure no one has ever said about me. So, so of, of, of things that could be said about me, no one has ever said this about me. Now, actually, hopefully what you're thinking of, or I assume what you're thinking of is, well, I can think of some things that I bet people have never said about you as well. In fact, I'm just going to, just for, I'm going to give you an open shot. The door is open here. If you can think of some phrase that you assume no one has ever said about me, here is your chance. I'm not going to give you many of these opportunities. You're not going to believe I have that written down. That is one of the things that I, now maybe back in high school, but I was thin then. So, but yes, thank you for noting that. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh, come on. Got, got, got to be a couple others. There you go. I've got that written down. Just this two weeks ago, I was at the hospital to see Malie's grandmother. And, and out in the hall, I asked one of the nurses, is this Doris's room? When I got in, there was a nurse in there that I knew that had grown up with one of my sons. And she said, I heard you uh, out in the hallway. And I have that happen all the time. People will say, say I, they heard me before they saw me. So uh, another thing I don't think anyone has uh, that I've heard, maybe the very first time maybe someone said this, is wow, you preach short sermons. Uh, I don't think anyone has ever said that. But, but, but I'm thinking, and there's probably a bunch of other phrases that we could, that could be said about me that, or, or could be said that have never been said about me. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of one, and here is the phrase. No one has ever said about me. And the truth is, no, not just me, but there's, there's about half of us here today that I don't think anyone's ever said this about, uh, about you either. Bruce, I don't think anyone's ever said, the phrase I'm thinking about, I'll let you know what it is, no one's ever said that about you or Bruce over here. No one has, no one has said that, uh, where'd Craig go? There. I don't think anyone's ever said it about Craig or the other Craig. I don't know where he's at, but no one, I, I, I doubt anyone's ever said that about you or, or Rick or probably most of the guys here, I doubt that anyone has ever said this phrase. And, and here's what the, the, the phrase is. No one has ever said about me but you know what they have done? They they have said this phrase about my wife. I've heard people say this about my wife. Uh, like I said, she's ill today, so she's not here. But but I've heard people say this about Rita, and and I bet uh, I, I bet people have said it about Sandy and uh, Kara and um, and Robin and Peggy and 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 probably most of the wives here. I bet this phrase has been said about them. You don't know what the phrase is. Man, you sure look radiant. No one has ever said that about me. Now, I think it'd be cool tomorrow if Bruce goes to work, gets out of the truck, and, and one of the guys there says, man, Bruce, you look radiant today. <laughs> Jason, do that tomorrow just to see. Uh, actually, I'd be a little concerned if that happened. The, the, the truth is, that's not said about guys, but, but it is about, it is about the women in our life. Uh, the day we got married, as Rita started down the aisle, uh, I looked at her and she looked radiant. Her face was glowing. Now, part of that might have been the tears that were coming down her cheeks. Not really to this day sure if that was happiness or sadness, but uh, there were tears. But but she was radiant, and I'm sure there's other people said that to her that day. Man, Rita, you look radiant today. Uh, and and I, I bet a, a lot of you other ladies on your wedding day, someone came up to you, man, you look radiant you are glowing today you look radiant uh possibly 
this may have happened to you. Another time that happens to, to the women in our life is, is when you're pregnant. Some of you might have had someone come up to you before you told them you were pregnant and said, you're pregnant, aren't you? Because oftentimes when someone is pregnant, a lady's pregnant, she, there's just a glow about her, a discernible glow that makes it obvious that something's going on, that she's pregnant. And, and maybe even after the child was born, ladies, I doubt that you would say that was a radiant, uh, a radiant moment for you, but, but actually it was. I mean, when you, when you held that baby for the first time, you looked radiant. And guys, if there's ever a time they might have said of us, we look radiant, that would have been it when we were holding our kid, but it was a brief moment and then it would have been, been gone. So, so sometimes in the life of the, the women in our life, our, our wives, our, our, our daughters, you can see something that's different. You can see a discernible glow. They were radiant. But do you realize that scripture calls for, for us, men and women alike, that scripture calls for us to be radiant? So for me and, and Bruce and Bruce and Craig and Craig and Rick and who else, the scripture calls us to be radiant. Our, our theme for 2018 is that simple idea of radiant. We are called, we're called to be radiant because of our interaction with God, our, our relationship with God. We're called to be radiant because we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're called to be radiant because we have the indwelling of His Holy Spirit in our life. And, and we'll look at over the next few weeks specifically and, and then have that as a theme for us, a, a thought that we'll refer to several times throughout the year, this idea of being radiant. But over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look specifically at some texts that deal with it. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus. Uh, to start with, you're going to be in chapter 24. I'm going to read some passages there. But but we'll look over the next couple of weeks uh, in Exodus chapter 33 and 34, and then also in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. These are some texts that that tell us about this concept of this idea that we are called to be radiant. But this morning, to, to kind of set this up, we're going to look at the, we're going to look at the background. So when we see the passage that is referred to in 30, 33 and 34 of Exodus, and the passage that's then again referred to in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, when Paul addresses this idea of being radiant, this idea of having, uh, of showing God's glory, we'll, we'll see what the background is, what, what was kind of the backstory and what was happening. So we find ourselves in Exodus, and the first thing we see in Exodus chapter 19 is that that God had called Moses to Mount Sinai. And if you want to read this later to kind of get that whole context, you can. But in, in Exodus chapter 19, God had already called him to Mount Sinai to give him the law. And then in Exodus chapter 20, verse 22, he says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites this, You've seen for yourselves that I've spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourselves gods of silver or gods of gold. Now that's going to be important as we look here in just a minute. But but in chapter 20, he says specifically from, from Sinai, now you go back down and tell them this one thing. No other gods. Don't make a god out of gold or, or silver. Then we see in Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, it says, The Lord said to Moses, and if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it to Exodus we're going to be reading a lot of passages there. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew back in front of you. Exodus chapter 24, verse 12 says, The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with law and commandments I have written for their instruction. So God called Moses to, to the mountain, 
And there he was going to give him law. Then later on in Exodus chapter 24, 15 to 18, he says this. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. Now catch this. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord. So this cloud that was encompassing the top of Mount Sinai, to, to the Israelites, uh, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, if we look back in uh, Exodus chapter 19, when God first called Moses to the mountain, we see that the Israelites were frightened. They were scared. Uh, God had, a, had, had come down in this cloud, and there was thunder, and there was lightning. And God spoke to Moses, and Moses answered him. There was this booming voice, and, and, and the Israelites, the, uh, first of all, were frightened by it. It doesn't say that, but I got to believe that maybe, that maybe even Moses was a little intimidated when God appeared in such a magnificent way and he heard this booming voice, call, booming voice calling him up. I imagine Moses was a little bit intimidated by, intimidated by that as, as well. Now I want you to note something uh, in that passage. It said that for six days he waited and then after six days he called Moses up into his uh, into his presence, into his glory, into the cloud to see him. Uh, we often come into the presence of the Lord. But what is difficult sometimes is for us taking that next step and going where God has called us to. I, uh, I visited with someone, this has been several months ago, counseled with someone that was really searching, searching to know God, and really searching, trying to figure out where God wanted them and uh, and were dealing with stuff in their their past, and and they were really enjoying being a part of our fellowship and being a part of the church, and and I think what they were enjoying was being a part or being near the presence of God. It was as if they were they were were down on the mountain looking up at God's presence, and and there was a certain sense of pleasure, a certain sense of comfort that came from that. But what their struggle was was to go the next step and go into the presence. God often calls us in to his presence, and that's the next step. We enjoy being near God's glory, but oftentimes we're afraid to step into his presence. If you have your Bibles there in Exodus, uh, move over now to chapter 32. And, and I, uh, uh, I I will note, I won't apologize, but I will note that we are going to look at a lot of uh, scripture this morning. I'm going to read a lot of scripture for us, just so we can kind of understand where we're coming from. Um, Exodus chapter 32. Now, Moses had went up, we, we saw earlier that he'd went up and he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, in chapter 30, or 32, verse 1, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods and we will go before us and you will go before us. And as for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Now, now I find it odd, they, uh, they asked Aaron, who was Moses' brother, uh, who had been kind of Moses' uh, spokesperson for, for at least for the first part of his ministry. They'd seen all this stuff, and Moses was delayed for 40 days. Actually, wasn't delayed. He was right where God wanted him. But, but they got antsy, and they said, hey, hey, call, uh, call together. Aaron, we want you to do this for Notes what they ask. Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters. Did you catch that? Wives and sons? I, I don't think I'd ever caught that before, that the, the sons had earrings. So. So guys, dads, if your son comes home with the earring, you, uh, 
this Old Testament, so it doesn't apply to you. So you still can't have an earring, guys. Um, uh, Take off the earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed them and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioned it with a tool. Then he said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early, sacrificed burnt offerings, and presented a fellowship offering. Afterward, they sat down to eat, drink, and they got up to indulge in revelry. So... So they'd done what God had told them not to do. Remember early on, God had said to Moses, go tell them, whatever you do, don't make a calf out of gold or silver and worship it. And we find that we do. Do you ever, do you ever stop to wonder, where did they come up with the gold? You, you remember who, Egypt, or who Israel was before they went out in the desert? They were slaves. They had nothing. They'd been slaves for 400 years. They, How did they come up with all this gold, gold enough to make a calf? If you go back to Exodus chapter 12, verses 34 and 30, uh, 35 and 36, it says this is when they were still in Egypt. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. This right before they were to leave Egypt. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and they gave them whatever they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. So, so Israel had left Egypt, not just with their, their families, but with the gold and the silver and the plunder of the Egyptians. Uh, and, and, and so they, now, now catch this, I want you to follow. They made a gold idol, which God had told them not to do. They made it out of melted down gold that they had got when God had given them the victory over the uh, over the Egyptians. And, and God had favorably changed the Egyptians' heart, so they said, hey, don't just leave, but take all of our stuff with you when you leave. That's really what had happened. Don't just go, but now take all of our, our valuable stuff with us. So they, they had made a calf, even though God had told them not to, with the gold that they had been given because God changed the hearts of the Egyptians to give it to them. Uh, This was the same God that had led them to the Red Sea and then parted it. This is the same God who who during the day would leave them with a a, a pillar of cloud and at night a pillar of fire. This is the same God that had fed them when they got hungry. They'd wake up in the morning and there'd be manna, this bread type stuff on the ground. And when they complained, hey, we're tired of eating bread, God gave them quail and this is the same God who had boomed a, a, a voice from, from Mount Sinai and His glory had shown so much that they were terrible. This same God was the God that they ignored to build the calf. While, while Moses was back on Mount Sinai getting the, uh, uh, was, was on Mount Sinai getting the, uh, the, the, the commands and the laws, and God literally writing the, the Ten Commandments on, on the tablets. God spoke to Moses and told him, hey, you need to go down. These stiff-necked people, these hard-hearted people have turned. And so Moses comes back down the mountain. He's got the, the, the tablets in his hand, and he, he hears all the reverie, all the excitement, all the yelling and screaming. And, and he comes around, and he sees the gold calf. You remember probably from, 
from the, the movie Ten Commandments. He throws them down and busts them and, uh, and ends up having to have them replaced later on. Throws them down and he takes the golden calf and, and, and burns it and then actually makes them drink uh, a water with that, that gold in it. This is the backdrop. We've said all this stuff. This is the backdrop of what was going on when when Moses cried out to God for something. And what what he received, we're going to see here in just a second, was he received radiance. Does, Does that, though, sound a little bit like us sometimes? God speaks to us and... And maybe he speaks to us through a sermon. Maybe he speaks to us through a song. Maybe he speaks to us through his word. Maybe he speaks to us through someone else. Maybe God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And he tells us maybe specifically what we need to stay away from. Maybe we just know in our heart there's things we shouldn't do. Or maybe God calls us to something. He calls us to do something that He's that he wants for us to do. And yet we get tired of waiting on him and and we turn and do exactly the opposite of what he's asked for. Look with me in, in Exodus chapter 33. So here's Moses. He's got to do something with these people. Man, they've let him down. He's been discouraged. He got upset through the stone, the, the, the Ten Commandments. Now notice chapter 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've not said who you're going to send with me. You've not said, or you have said, I I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Notice how Moses threw that in there. These are your people you told me to lead. And notice what the Lord says to him, verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Radiance is what God calls us to. It's, it's what He calls each one of us to be in Him is radiant. It's what He's calling our church to be is radiant. Moses basically was saying in these verses, you called me to lead these people. You, you've called me into this task. But God, it's hard. These people are are stiff-necked, they're obstinate. You tell them to do one thing and they end up doing exactly the opposite thing. Really what he's saying there is, God, I can't do it by myself. God, give me your presence. He said, I can't do this by myself. I, I have to have something that shows these people and that shows myself, that shows me. That I'm almost, or that I'm not alone. It's, and it's almost like, I don't think this is what was going on, but it's almost as if God was thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I do that will convince Moses that I'm there? What, what, what can I do that will show not just Moses for himself, but the people that, that I am there? What can I give him? And what he gives him is radiance. Now, now you need to understand the radiance. It comes from God. It comes from God. We're, we're going to look this morning in your notes. We're just going to look at the first half of the the notes, and we'll do that that quickly. We'll do the next part of it next week. His radiance 
we see from this text, his radiance is a reflection. His radiance is a reflection. And, and when I say his, you, you can look at that both ways. We're, we're talking about the radiance that Moses has, and we're going to look at some verses here in just a second. The, the, the radiance that he has uh, is a reflection of God, and we can also see that the radiance is from God. It, it comes from God. That's where, what, uh, what it is that they reflection. So, church, for us to understand that we need to be radiant as people, uh, for us to understand that we need to be radiant as a church, we need to realize that it comes from God and it's his reflection. Look with me, if you have your Bible still open, to Exodus chapter 33. Look at verses uh, 18 to 23. Now now we're going to start to get this idea. We, I know we've done a lot of talking here and haven't even got to this idea of radiant yet, but we're going to see it here. Chapter uh, 33, verse 18. Then Moses said, now, now, now show me your glory. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, this, this verse should be familiar to you, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When, I, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Uh, I thought about getting a hold of Colton this week and having him play this song this morning, but I figured he probably had never heard this song. But some of you know that, that, that old hymn, He Hideth My Soul. Do you guys know that, some of you? That, remember how the chorus goes? I challenged Rita with this this morning, uh, and, and I know she's sick because she messed up on it, and she never messes up on hymns. But you know how the chorus goes? He hideth, you can sing along with me if you want. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life I'm doing a solo in the depth of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. Come on, guys, with his hand. <laughs> Maybe you don't know that hymn. You started, but you, you, you died on me there. Uh, so that's where that, that song that maybe you grew up singing comes from is that, that God said, I'll, I'll put you on the rock, but I'll stick you in that cleft and I will cover you with my hand. I'll protect you with my hand so you don't see me all the way. And then look with me in in, uh, in Exodus chapter 34. Now we're going to start to see where this radiance comes from. Uh, verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets, so he went back up a second time, with the two tablets of testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant. And they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to him, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands of the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the, the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses put, would put the veil back on his face until he went to speak with the, the Lord. He was radiant because of his presence with the Lord, because of his reflection. Now look with me just quickly. We'll, we'll jump, hold uh, uh, Exodus open. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 
chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, and, and you, you can read later that whole section. And we who have, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We, we reflect his radiance. His radiance is reflection. First of all, it's a reflection of his glory. Remember what it said in chapter 33, 18? Moses said, show me your glory. What he was saying is, this is hard. God, show me your glory. I I can't do this on my own. Show me your glory. I'm lonely and scared. Show me your glory. I, I feel so inadequate. Show me your glory. I feel like I'm a failure. And that's what he did when he came down from the mountain. I feel like I'm a failure. God, show me your glory. No one respects me. God, show me your glory. No, no one can see me or see you in me. Show me your glory. Now, now I want you to note a couple things. When, when, when Moses asked God to show him his glory, note two things. First of all, he did. When he asked him to show his glory, he did exactly that. He, he put him on the rock and he passed by so that his glory was, was there and was seen. And the second thing we notice here, is that he didn't realize it. Chapter 34, verse 29 says he was not aware that his face was was radiant. God gave him radiance and he didn't even realize it. When he asked for it, God responded and he didn't even know that he had it. Oftentimes we ask God as individuals and we ask God as a church, show me your glory. Don't, Don't we cry out to God? Man, I am lonely. Show me your glory. God, I feel like a failure. Show me your glory. God, I don't know what to do next. Show me your glory. God, no one seems to see you in me. Show me your glory. God, I am scared to death. Show me your glory. Lord, I feel like I I can't do anything right. Show me your glory. Don't we do that just like most did? Show me your glory. And, And just like Moses, oftentimes God shows up and gives his glory. And we miss the fact that it's there. We miss the fact that it's there. Tony Compello, I've, I've, I've talked about him several times, stories told about him that when he was a nine-year-old boy uh, in Philadelphia that that he was baptized in, in his church. Um, uh, j- just a, a few years after that, his church uh, ended up closing and shutting down. And and, and later on in, in life, Compello, who became a, a professor and, a, and an author and a Christian speaker, spoke all over the world, was looking back through the records of... Uh, of his uh, church, and, and and he thought, you know what, I'm going to see what, what there is for the year that I was baptized. And so he found those records, and and he found his his name there that, that, that it was recorded, but then there were some notes at the bottom of the page uh, uh, about what had happened that year. And and this is what it, it says, that uh, that there were three baptisms that year. One of them was Compolo, one of them was another little boy called Dick White, and another one of them was... Uh, a, a, a man called Bert Newman. Newman. Now, now, interestingly, Dick White became a missionary. Bert Newman became a, a college professor at a Christian university. At the bottom of the page, it said, uh, we, we've had a bad year. We've lost 27 members. And we only had three baptisms, but they were only kids. Compolo said, I looked at that and I realized they were only kids. 
And yet those three kids went on to do amazing things. Sometimes we, we cry out, God, show me your glory. And he's right there wanting to show us that. We, we reflect his radiance, the radiance of his glory. We reflect the radiance of his goodness. Um, in verse 19, and the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. We oftentimes think of this story when we, when we, uh, when we, when we think about, it. we just think that God, God was just so bright, and, and it probably was. Probably that's part of His glory was there was just a brightness and out, an unbelievable, uh, brightness to it. But, but His glory wasn't just that God was so powerfully bright. His goodness was, did you catch that when He, when we read it the first time? Uh, I have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion, his goodness was what was so bright. It wasn't just a light. It wasn't just the brightness of a sun. It was God's goodness. Why did God show him his goodness? Because Moses asked for it and because Moses needed to see that goodness. And finally, we see we see his radiance is a reflection. And we see it's a, a reflection of God's gift. Stop and think as we read this passage. When, when Moses said, "said God, send someone. I found favor in you, and you said you know me, but God, you got to send someone to help me, basically is what he's saying. I, I can't do this by myself. Do you wonder why God didn't answer him like he should have? Because you know what God should have said? Uh, Moses, I've, I've been there. M- Moses, who was it when... When you announced the plagues in Egypt, when there were frogs and there was pestilence and, and, and there was blood in the river, and to say nothing of the last one, the, the death of the firstborn, God could have said, Moses, who was behind that? But he didn't. Uh, he could have said, Moses, remember when you were trapped between the, 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 the pursuing Egyptian army and the Red Sea, and I had you hold out your staff and the the Red Sea parted and you crossed on dry land and then it crashed down on the Egyptian army and destroyed them. Who did that? Was that you, Moses, or was that me? When, when the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire led you and when I gave you manna and, and quail, when, when I showed up on the mountain, when, when you watched as with, I don't know what it was, did a finger appear and write on the stones, the, the commandments, I don't, however it was, when all of that happened, Moses, who was there? Who was doing all of that? Wasn't I there already? God could have said that to Moses, but he didn't. Instead, he, he gave him a gift. He reflected on him a gift. He said, okay, I'll show you my glory. I'll show you my glory. I'll show you my goodness. In other words, he met him. He met him where he was. He met him exactly where he was. We cry out to God oftentimes, God, show me your glory. And we want to have God's presence in our life. And in fact, we're called to do that. We're called to be radiant for his name. And sometimes we miss it. But God offers this gift to us. The, the gift that we have is the promise of His Holy Spirit. God has promised that, that we have access into the Holy of Holies. We have access directly to God because of what Christ did for us 
on the cross. He meets us exactly where we were. Show me your glory. Church, we're called, we're called then to be radiant. Because God has given us that gift, because God's reflected in us, we are called to show that, not just to others, but even to ourselves as we live for him. Fred Craddock tells the story of, uh, of a missionary named uh, Oswald Galter. Galter was a missionary back in the 40s in China. Uh, it, it, the time came for him to, to leave the mission field. and He was contacted by his mission board, and they sent him a ticket that would would send him back to the United States. And and, it, and the first half of his ticket, ticket took him to India. And it was just shortly after the, the Second World War. When he arrived in India, he saw that there was a, a humanitarian crisis. The, a lot of the Jews that had made their way out of the, the, uh, of Germany and some of the other countries had, had found their way to India because India would accept them, but there was no place for them. And so all these, these German Jews were living in barns and in attics and, and wherever they could find a place. And, and, uh, uh, and Galter was, was just moved by this. And so, so he went up to them. It was around Christmas time. He went up to them and he said, Merry Christmas. Is there anything I can do for you? And the Jews would respond in, in, in like every time, like, we're Jews. We, we don't celebrate Christmas. He said, I, I know that. I don't care. Is there something I could do for you? And they, they would say again, well, we're, we're Jews. You don't have to do that. He said, but if, if there's something I could do for you, what would you like to have? And several of them said, you know what we'd love to have? We'd love to have these fine German pastries that they make here. We're just so poor we can't afford that. So, so Gottler took his ticket that would take him from India back to the United States and cast in the ticket and went to the, the, the pastry shops all throughout the city and bought all these pastries and took them and handed them to the Jews and said, Merry Christmas. Years later, uh, Galter was at a, a seminary, and that story was told about him, and, and he was there. One of the seminarian students uh, uh, in, in the answer, question and answer time asked him, he said, said, but why did you do that? They weren't even Christians. Why did you spend your money and buy that for the... They're not even Christians. Galter answered, but I was. But I was. God calls us, God calls us to be radiant. God calls us to be seen by others as reflecting, reflecting his radiance. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning that we can be, we can be chosen to be radiant in you. And Father, just as Moses was radiant because he had come into your presence, you had shown him your glory and your goodness. Father, we are, we are given the ability, we're given the challenge to be radiant for you. Father, we pray that we will take seriously the responsibility, the, the joy, the purpose we have to radiate your glory and your goodness for others to see. Lord, we need you. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it of our own strength and power. Lord, show us your glory in Jesus name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you don't know that glory, if you don't know that radiance, then I would encourage you to come. I'd encourage you to to find the one and, and come in contact with the one that you can reflect and be radiant. Would you stand as we sing?